Hey you, welcome to my podcast. I'm so honored that you're here. I don't know how you got here. I don't know if somebody shared this or a friend invited you or you just stumbled on over here, but I'm just so glad that you're here. I hope that the Lord speaks to you through my stories, through all my friends' stories. Um, And if you're a lady friend, hop on over to Facebook, to the First Cup group and get involved over there into our Facebook community where we can pray with you, we can grow with you. Um, We would love to have you in our group. This is just a podcast of really a bunch of women and couples and people growing in the Lord. We're just sharing what He's doing. And so we are excited to be here and we're so excited that you're here. Have a great day and I hope this blesses you. Well, hello everybody and welcome. I am excited about our guest speaker that we have today. Um, I know him fairly well, I guess you could say, because he is my dad. And um, I have a great relationship with my dad. Um, A lot of people don't get that luxury, don't get that blessing um, that I do. Um, I I don't have any dad issues, and my dad's been such a a big role model in my life forever. And... um, One of the things as growing up and being an adult, you know, I guess whatever adulting means, um, learning the hard lessons of finances and, and sometimes they don't have to be hard lessons. Sometimes they're great lessons. Sometimes they're, they're growing pains. But, um, one of the things that I am incredibly blessed with is that my dad, I mean, he probably wouldn't say this, but I would say that he is one of, one of the most influential people I know when it comes to finances. And he has helped me when I was single, when I was in college, when I was figuring out the money situations, he's helped me tremendously. But even when we, I got married, um, he's helped me and Josiah with our finances. And um, I think he still does everybody in our family's taxes. We, a lot of people go to him for financial advice. And so we're going to talk about things that a lot of people don't like to talk about, and it's going to be money today. We're going to talk about some money. We're going to talk about being healthy and being um, having healthy finances, and it's tough. And I think even today, in today's economy, it's, it's one of those things that can be a real big stressor, stressor for some people right now, but we're going to chat about it, and we're going to get into some things that maybe um, you didn't grow up knowing, or maybe you didn't even know was a thing. Um, maybe you're struggling in your finances. Maybe you're just stuck. You know, we just got out of a book by Jennifer Allwood um, about talking about being stuck and maybe you're stuck in your finances. And so um, I just thought it'd be a good idea to bring on my dad. His name is Nate Tinkle, Nathan Tinkle. Um, I thought it'd be a good idea to bring him on as a guest speaker. So I'm super excited to have him. Um, so um Dad, you can say hello and introduce yourself, I guess. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're, I guess, where you live um, and what you do. Okay. Hi, Ladybug. Hi. (laughs) I live in Albany, Texas. Um, I have a company called Bulldog Steel um, and another little bitty company now called Veracek. Um, 57 four kids, married 32 years. That's good. That's exciting. That's exciting. He's got an exciting life, y'all. He really does. 32 years is a long time, and that's good, and that makes me so proud, too, but we're not going to talk about marriage, even though that's a great one. We'll probably have him and mom back on one day to talk about marriage, but kind of go walk us through I want you to share your work history because I think it's very interesting. It's one of the things that it, that is very unique. People in your situation, um, their work history, a lot of times isn't equaling equal to what you're doing, what they've, what they've done in the past. I mean, you own two businesses um, and you, you didn't start out as, you know, a business owner. Um, I really think you worked way up. So kind of share your work history with us. Because this is interesting, and it makes me excited. Well, I had a lot of jobs early and have had two the last 25 years. Um, The first one I still have. 
I don't know how far back you want to go or how interesting it is. I mean, I can remember my first job was chopping mesquite trees on a ranch with an axe. They had chainsaws back then. <laughs> I was capable of using one, but I was probably not capable of being as productive as dad wanted me to be. So I think dad probably paid me to chop mesquite tree, thousands of mesquite trees. They didn't need to be cleared, but I chopped mesquite trees with an ax. Uh, then I did landscaping, which really um, sounds better than it is. I picked up rocks so they could plant grass. Uh, I worked at the Dairy Queen. I worked at the barbecue place. I worked at Crystal's Pizza Cave, and then I graduated oh, high school. Oh, Crystal's. That was such a good place. I know. It was great. Okay. Never get tired of pizza, Crystal. pizza and hamburgers. Yeah. So that takes you through high school, college. I worked at a little place called the Silver Shooter, which had a hamburger bar on one side and an ice cream bar on another. It's kind of a college hangout. Um, and then I was, uh, I had a bunch of jobs as a DJ and that <laughs> You know, that was back when being a DJ, nobody's a DJ anymore. You've got satellite radio now. So but cool. back then, pre-satellite radio, um, I was dating a girl at ACU that was a radio uh, major. And I went to meet her at the radio station for her shift to start. And she wasn't there. And the guy that was there was really irritated and said, look, man, if you want to play some records, hit this button. You can talk if you want to. I'm out. <clears throat> so I started filling in for people at the radio station. I made a tape and then I um, worked at oh, a bunch. Um, started out at 102, which was a brand new um, kind of rock station. And then I did that during the afternoons and I started waiting tables at the outpost. Wow. Um, and then I changed radio stations and I started working at UPS. <clears throat> and then I changed radio stations and was just a DJ for a while from uh, 102 The Bear to KORQ, Q100, KBRP <laughs> Drop 95 and Rock 108. That's how I met your mother. You know that story, but we'll do that in 32 years. Uh, mm -hmm. Very video, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I was a DJ when I got married, um, had a child, had another one coming. Uh, DJs didn't pay a whole lot in Abilene, so I started selling cars. Um, Y'all were playing softball. Colby was playing baseball. If you're selling cars, you work on Saturdays, and I was missing that. So I kind of finagled my way into uh, selling long distance. I, I went to school for seven years, but as you know, I never got a degree. Um, this job required a degree. I kind of talked my way into it and, and worked in long distance for a while. I worked my way up until management, and then, oh, you really want to hear all this? Yes, um, I do. This is so interesting because there's so many things I'm going to hit on, but keep going. Okay, keep so StarTel US Long Distance, uh, it was StarTel local company bought out by US Long Distance, um, became the branch manager, became a regional manager, uh, eventually West Texas and New Mexico had a Midland office. What? Um, yeah, I did. Um, yeah. And then they were going to close the Abilene branch. They would have made to move to Abilene. I mean, to just I was living in Abilene, to San Antonio. I didn't want to move to San Antonio. So I started asking people around my, my clients, uh, do you have anything, you know, maybe a, a guy like me could do for you? And I ended up, there was a company called ProCheck that I was kind of trying to figure out how to buy into. And then the, that company was going under. So two out of the three partners I partnered with to start Vericheck at that time. And then I bought the first partner out. We also had a payphone company. Um, we had a vending company. And then we had the, the check verification company. <clears throat> so I bought one partner out and then I eventually bought another partner out. And then I was losing money. And so I called my dad and said, dad, I need an investor. Do you know anybody that would like to invest? And dad said, I would. Well, dad was getting pretty close to retirement age and I was losing money and I did not want to take dad's retirement down. I said, dad, I, I don't, I don't want you. Um, but he, he really wanted to do that. So anyway, short story long, long story short. Um, he, um, 
he invested and then we got one more investor later when we still needed a little bit and that's kind of kind of how I got I was probably in Veracek about two years before I, I brought in anybody to help invest for the for the growth and okay. then as Go as ahead. everybody knows checks natural attrition going away I needed to buy another company so who I knows how it. to write a check these days not a lot of people Sad. I know it's sad. Um, so I looked at a uh, natural gas company. I looked at a chain of pizza stores. I looked at, I looked at all kinds of things and I ended up, my CPA was the same CPA as the owner of Bulldog Steel who was ready to sell and kind of put, it's hard. It's hard to buy a good company. It's easy to buy a company that's not, not good, but, and um, Bulldog had been in business at that time, 30 years. Um, I've had it for 15. So now 45. Wow. And um, I didn't know anything about welding. I still don't know a whole lot about welding, but I'm a pretty good judge of people. And they were really, really good people. There's people, I've got one employee that's been there 41 out of the 45 years. He's, he's still there. Um, I've got several that have been there over 20 years. I've got guys that have worked beside their sons in the same shop. Awesome. Um, I've got one field crew right now that the son is actually the foreman and his dad is working for me on the field. Wow. Um, uh, working for him on the on the field crews. So cool. yeah, it's I, I never planned to get there. It just kind of evolved. So a couple of things. So one, I want to mention that you went to college for seven years and did. you did not get a degree. No. No. And you did lots fact, of things in college. You did a lot of studies, degrees, and you switched around a lot. Is that true? That is true, but in full disclosure, <laughs> my first year was academic probation. <laughs> I mean, my first semester. My yeah. second semester, I really tried for about the first week and a half, and then I, I was astute enough to realize, you know, I'm on the same path. I'm going to flunk out, so why even try? Why even go? So I just lived in the dorm. I played golf all the time. I played tennis all the time. I had a great time until I was on academic suspension. And then I went to Cisco Junior College and I took 12 hours during the summer to get back into the next fall semester. And after that, I was a pretty good, I was a pretty good student after that. Yeah. So, and I, I did change my major a number of times. A number of times. I think that's interesting. One, because the apple does not fall far from the tree and I changed my major a million times before it stuck. Um, but I think it's interesting because a lot of people today um, who are, owning businesses and who are owning companies and who are operating and doing all the things they do not have. I mean, a lot of them have their degrees. And so for you to be able to own two businesses without owning that degree, that just speaks volumes to me. One, because it's not like you, I, I don't think you just are like, Oh, I'm, you know, I just sit on my butt and don't do anything. I, I really think when you were the hardest work, one of the hardest workers that I know, um, and you, you literally allow God to kind of guide you in your businesses. And I think that is huge. We're going to get to that. Um, but another thing that you said, um, was, um, trying to think, so I'm trying to think how to word this. Um, I think it's interesting that. Okay, I kind of want to go into this. I didn't have this on my on my plan, but what were you kind of feeling when, first of all, how old were you when you wanted to invest and you, you made Vericheck? Vericheck was successful. How old were you when Vericheck started to become successful? It probably took about mm, three years before it started becoming successful the first couple of, you know we got to a point uh keely when i had bought and i didn't set out to to buy a business i right. i was looking for a job they asked me how much i would need to handle the marketing i told them they said we can't afford that and they called me back and they said would you be interested in um being a a, a part owner uh with us a partner and we investigated. I cashed out all my retirement. I gave him my money. Um, I, it was a it was a risk because and you know you told me what we're going to talk about and preparing for retirement is one of those. 
and I was preparing pretty hard. So if it hadn't worked, we we would have we would not have had the the best lifestyle of retirement. You can't you can't you know we've talked about it. You can't make up for time. You can't yeah. make up um, compound interest, the miracle of compound. You can't make that up over time. <clears throat> um, or without the, the time. So it was a risk. And there was at one point that I actually had printed out a sign to put on the front door to tell the employees, you know, we're not, we're not opening. Um, wow. I'm sorry. You know, we're, we're closing the business. It was probably nine 30, 10 o'clock at night when I'd printed that out, had the tape out, was going to put it on the door. And I just prayed about it. And I said, all right, let me, Let's go one more week and see what happens. Wow. And let's go so, one more month and let's go one more. And, so how old were you around. when that was happening? Well, I've got to go backwards because I am <laughs> 57. So that would have been 32. Okay. Hey. So that's hey, good. So 32 and you're like, I've got to close up shop. Were you feeling like a failure at that point. And is this the point where you asked granddad or your dad to be an investor? Is that, oh, no, is this no, right no. On the I wouldn't have brought, board? I wouldn't have brought dad in at that point okay. Uh, okay. because I didn't know if I would make it a week at that point. No. <laughs> um, and I have never, I, I, I wasn't feeling like a failure. Um, That's awesome. I mean, I was just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> We talk about gifts. One of my gifts, I guess, is trust because I, I, I just, I wasn't worried about it. I mean, I was, wow. don't, no, don't get me wrong. That, that, that's not right. I was worried about it. I was, yeah. you know, I, I was actually fairly, fairly petrified, but I didn't feel like a failure. It was just, you know, we rolled the dice and then yeah. kept going and, and it, and it, and it worked out, but no. I don't remember what your original question was. But. You're so much like Josiah in that way, because Josiah, if, if we're struggling at all in anything, I am the one that I'm worrying. And I'm like, well, what if this happens? Well, what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about this? And, and this isn't going to work out. And Josiah is so like that, that he does not worry. He's like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So would you say that that's kind of the mentality that you had? You're just, well, we're going to figure it out. Something's going to come up. We're going to figure it out. In the beginning, it was, I don't even remember <laughs> that. I mean, it was just put one foot in front of the other and, yeah. and you know, and, and keep going. I mean, I'd already gambled all of our retirement. I, I We cashed out mom's retirement too. Oh my um, gosh. And her pension. You know, she, she had been working on a pension with Boeing. Um, and and we, cashed, we cashed that out too. Um, so, no, I... I I don't know my, the way that it has impacted me has certainly evolved, but my relationship with Christ has involved the amount of trust yeah. that I have. Yeah. Not just that, the history that he has provided me and the perspective has evolved. So I feel, I mean, we're going through a challenge right now. The, yeah. You know, the, the, the pandemic. Yeah. It's a, it, it's, it's a, it's a scary thing at times. Yep. And I am still in some similar ways to, to what I went through when we were worried about the, the company in the early days. Yeah. You know, um, we're fine so far, but you can see where there's not any jobs around the corner um, for the company jobs. So, but, but the way that I handle things are, it's, it's considerably different now. Yep. Okay. I didn't want to go with that down that path, but just hearing that and thinking if I was 32 years old, which that's going to be me in two years, three, well, yeah, two years, I can't imagine being in that position. And for me, I would, for me, but I am, I'm a woman and it's a totally different thought process there, but I would be scared. I would be thinking, I don't have a degree. What am I going to do if this fails? And I would be running to my parents like crazy and being like, what is happening? I need all the help in the world. But at that same time, I would, to me, I would feel, gosh, I'm, I'm feel like I'm failing. And I feel like I'm, and I, and at that point, even being a provider of your family and having kids and having a wife and all of that going into that, I just think that's, it's a lot of pressure. 
a lot well, of Well, there was, and I hadn't thought about this in a long time, but when you were talking about <laughs> that, I immediately flashed back to the image of when I first started working for the long distance company. Mm. Um, when I first started working for Startel, it said, you, you know, um, you, a, a degree was required to apply. And I mm -hmm. went in and I said, look, I'll, I'll run more miles. I'll spend, I'll work more hours. I'll outwork anybody with a degree. And I talked my way into it. Dang. And then I had to go work. Yeah. And then you had to prove it. <laughs> well, and I'd never been in sales and, and I hate cold calling. I mean, I, mm. I hate cold call. I love negotiating. Yeah. I hate cold calling. And I had that little red Toyota Corolla and I, I can remember pulling up in front of a little, a little oil company on business 80 and I had to get out of the car and I had to knock on the door and, Ugh. you know, and, and say, Hey, you know, would you like to use us for long distance? It didn't know what I was doing. I scared to death, didn't want to. And I can remember vividly saying, you have a wife and two children that you have to support. You better get out of the car and go in there and try to sell some long distance. Wow. And it was, it was, it was hard. So, um, wow. Yeah, that was, that was probably the most uncomfortable. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. So with all of your background, um, what is some advice that you can give us on having healthy finances? Um, and I said, you know, maybe narrow it down to three. You just do what you want to do. But because I like hearing your voice, I like hearing your stories. But for you to go through all those, I mean, God, you worked so many jobs, high school and college, but when you really started hitting a career path, um, you know, going into investing, like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? What, I mean, what are some, and, and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to put a sign out on the door that's saying, sorry, we're not going to be open. And then saying, okay, let's do this. Let's get more investors. Let's grow. Okay. Now that I've conquered this company, what other company can we go after? You know, just that what are some healthy kind of going up and down on that financial roller coaster? What are some healthy tips that you can give us or some advice that you can give us to have and maintain and healthy finances? Um, well, it's hard. <laughs> it's a loaded question. No, uh, I'll start where I started with y'all when y'all were getting ready to leave. And, and just yeah. because I've got a better story about Alex, it's going to be um, about <laughs> Alex, which okay. if, uh, everybody may know, but that's Keely's sister. Yeah. So Thank they you. were getting ready to Alex and her boyfriend were sitting cross-legged in their bedroom with the door open. And they were, they were just talking. It was their summer before they went off to their freshman year of college. And I went in and I said, I need to, I need to talk to y'all about something before you, before you leave. Have I ever told you this story? No, I've never heard this story. Okay. So, um, yeah, I need to talk to y'all about something before you leave. And Alex looks up and rolls her eyes and I go, oh, I know dad about sex. And <laughs> I said, she said, we, we've already had that talk. And I said, no, no, it's not about sex. And she said, I know dad, it's, it's more than that. It's about purity. And I <laughs> oh said, gosh. no, that's, that's good. That, that it, it, it is, but, but no, it's about credit cards. Oh gosh. And you know, I mean, I went to ACU in 1981 and in 81, we were inundated with credit card offers. Yep. I mean, you, you went to the, you went to the college post office and they were just chock full of credit card offers. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends that got in credit card debt. Me and your mother got in credit card debt bad when we were, when we were young. And so mm -hmm. I told her and I told you, I scared, I scared y'all to death of debt. Yes. I think um, I, I told you just like I told Alex, um, if I catch y'all with any credit card debt, I'm not going to pay for your school anymore. Yep. So, and um, y'all either didn't have it or you were really good at hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, that is, you can't have healthy finances if you're going to have a lot of credit card debt. Um, so that would be, that would be the first thing. Um, another thing that you, you said a lot of these things you've heard for a long time is mm -hmm. invest in retirement early. Like we talked about earlier, you cannot make up for compound interest. You can't make up for time with amount. You just can't. And 
when you told me what we we're going to talk about, I ran a couple of scenarios. Ooh. Um, figuring an 8% return on the average market, which is, is very practical. Um, if you're going to retire at 67, which most people my age, that's kind of what they aim for. Mm -hmm. If you start at age 30, your age, and you do $500 a month, which is very attainable if you don't have credit card debt, um, then by the time you retire, you'll have at 8%, you'll have almost 1.4 million. You will have invested 222,000. You'll have almost 1.4 million. Wow. At age 40, if you start, you'll have 575,000. Wow. Now, 575,000 sounds a lot. Yeah. That's like a still, lot, but that's going to yeah. give you about, I don't know, 22,000, $23,000 a year to live on plus your Social Security. Wow. Um, you're, you're not going to be traveling a lot. It's, you know, depending on what your lifestyle is and, and leading up to that, that may be plenty. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can figure you're going to get about $40,000 to, to live on per, per million. So 10 years, it's less than half if you, yeah. wait, if you wait 10 years. Even if you wait 10 years and you start investing $1,000 instead of $500. Right. That's good. Then you're still, mm -hmm. you do that for 27 years, you still have less than what you were doing yep. for $500. That is you know, the craziest thing to me. It is. I, Compound interest is ah, such a miracle. Seriously, if you, the biggest thing that you and even Kathy, which Kathy, if y'all don't know who Kathy is, this is my dad's sister. Um, the biggest thing that they have told me, even now that me and Josiah, I mean, we've hit our career mark. We're so young and we've done that. It just is shocking. I'm, we're so blessed. But any extra that we have, any extra, I mean, just chunk it. Chunk it. We've just been chunking it. Like your income tax. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we want to buy you know, new furniture. Or we need a new car. Or, you know, we can use this to pay off credit card debt pay off a student loan, pay off a home, can use all this, great. But, I mean, if you're chunking thousands, $2,000 towards retirement now, early on, and not waiting, you're way ahead. You're way ahead. Even if we were to say, okay, let's wait till we're 40 and we'll start chunking just wads of cash towards retirement. Let's wait till we're 40. You're still missing out on what you could have had when you, when you were chunking at 30. At if you start, oh my if, gosh, I can't even imagine. If you start at around 30, if you start one year before 30, it's over a hundred thousand dollars difference. hundred thousand dollar difference. Because if you start at 30, by the time you're 67, <sighs> your account is growing by itself. If it's still in the market, now you may get more, you may get more conservative. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to, but <laughs> you, if you've, you average 8%, your, your 37th year, it's growing at over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So waiting that one year one to year. put $6,000 back, that 6,000 cost you a hundred grand at the Crazy. end. You've Crazy. Got to start, you've got to start early. So probably enough of that. If, it, if there's yeah. a, you know, find you an app, put it on your yep. phone. You know, the one I've used, I, I've had for 20 years and it's still, it's still there. It's called Loan You Later, L-O-A-N-U-L-A-T-E-R. Um, it's just a simple little app. It'll figure loans. It'll figure retirement. It'll figure amortization. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's, like I said, it's just, it's a simple little app. Yeah. Uh, you use anything, but mm -hmm. just run some scenarios. Yeah. So yeah. the next thing, um, buy a house. Yeah. Some people say it's debatable. I think it's a good thing. If you can buy a house that's paid for by the time you retire, um, the people who say it's not, if you can invest the difference, but a lot of young couples aren't going to do that. So retire yeah. a house, buying a house will, um, will build a lot of, of value over time. And if your house is paid for by the time you retire, one less thing you have to, 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 true, true. Biggest thing right now. Why did you want to say something on that? I did. I want you to talk. I want you later on. I'll get it from you. And I have it somewhere in my phone. Cause it was one of the best articles I've ever read that you sent me and I will share it with the group. Um, but it was talking about buying homes and how 
do you remember this article you sent? And it was saying people in our 20s and in our 30s are looking at houses that are 3,000 square foot. That's kind of exaggerating, but even 2,500 square foot, they're five bedroom homes, they're completely updated, nice granite everywhere, crown molding, and it's great. If you can afford something like that, that is great. But a lot of people in their 20s and in their 30s, we cannot afford things like that. And yeah, we can put the minimum down on the house and then have a crazy, um, what am I saying, mortgage, over time, let's say, I don't know, a pandemic hits and the economy crashes. I mean, what are you doing at that point? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like we, we get into some shoes that are a little bit too big. And the article that you sent me was talking about how us in our 20s and 30s are buying these extravagant homes. We think, oh yeah, we have a great job. We're doing it. We're, we're rocking life. Um, and we, we stay, property taxes go up, things go up. And then we find ourselves, maybe we're in a pandemic and the economy crashes or somebody loses their job or somebody gets sick or you have a baby or whatever happens, life happens, right? And we end up needing some help. And who, a lot of us, who are the first people we go and ask for help from? Our parents who are in their fifties and sixties who are trying to retire. But not only that, they're also trying to take care of their parents. And so you're putting that generation in a sticky situation to say, oh my gosh, I'm having to pull out of retirement to help my kids, or I'm having to turn and I have that guilt of helping my children, but also I have a guilt of helping my parents into their life that they're living. And so it really, that was probably one of the best articles I read because a lot of times I look around and I'm like, oh, I want this and I want this big house and I want to be where my parents are at. But we have to remember that our parents started out in the 500 square foot home, or that's exaggerating, but 800 square foot home that, tell us what your first home was, dad. Oh, my first home came <laughs> from an El Paso natural gas camp, oh and it was, <clears throat> we paid $20,000 for it. Oh my and, yeah, gosh. And, so, and it was a little bitty. Mm -hmm. um, but you just gotta, you know, you just gotta get started. And what you said, you don't want to, you don't want to overextend. That that falls into a couple of things that I have on my on my okay. mental list here. But, um, and, and we'll get to that. But before I forget, right now, an a Roth IRA, if you yes. have the ability to get into it while you're young, even if I qualified to put money in now. I probably, it probably wouldn't work for me because I'm, I'll be 58 in November, but the younger you are, the more valuable that is. And if you have a high deductible um, health insurance plan, an HSA is even better than a Roth. HSA. Mm -hmm. If you do an HSA, don't spend it on medical, just, just invest it. Awesome. Put you some money aside every week or every two weeks for medical expenses, but that HSA you don't pay anything. On. You don't even, you don't pay you don't pay any taxes on going into an HSA, and you don't pay any taxes when it comes out. And it doesn't you, go anywhere. No, and you can invest it in <laughs> yes. into the into the market. It's it's the HSA is. I can't believe that we still have access to it. So if you wow. if you have a high deductible medical plan, <clears throat> you need to get in an HSA. Um, HSA Bank is online and you can, you can set up something through HSA Bank. Anybody that has any questions about anything we're talking about, you can give them my email. You can nice. give them my phone number. Um, but an HSA is a terrific thing. Um, pay off and keep saving for a car. Don't, don't buy a car, finance it for five years or six years or seven years. Go trade it two years before it's paid off. Pay it off and pay at least a year after that into a savings account to put down and then pay yep. the next one a year less and a year less until finally you're just paying for Pay a cash. car because you're <laughs> going to need to be in that position by the time that you retire. That's amazing. Um, and you've got to have an emergency fund. You, mm -hmm. you simply have to um, I'll put $10 a, a, a week back if you have to something. If you don't, you're going to go to the, to the credit card, credit card. Right. Um, a couple of things. That, that you alluded to as one, let's carry, cover this because I'm thinking about it. As a spouse, as a married person, mm. you have to think of your spouse and what happens if something happens to you. You need life insurance. Unless your okay. spouse is, is a good earner and earns enough that they can support themselves, you, you need life insurance. 
if you have, I was talking to a friend of, of mine the other day who has a military pension. So he said, man, I'm set. I don't, I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about retirement. And I says, what happens, what happens if something happens to you? What happens to your wife? Well, I've got about 150,000 in retirement. Great. That's going to give them, you know, about $6,000 a year to live on. And so they're doubling up on their retirement because it it never, you've got to think about your spouse. If something happens to you, you had talked about, um, you had talked about kids first, parents first, whatever. Um, so retirement comes before college fund for your kids. I mean, great. Wow. Uh, A college, a college fund for your kid. That is nice. That's, that's really good. And I, I, did that for you and your sister? And, you and did. Doing and it, it for went Chase. down the drain. Sorry about that. It Sorry did. about well, that. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that. But <laughs> you have to. I mean, you don't want me paying for your school and then not having enough for my retirement and going. Wow. Healy, mom, and I. You know, we need some help. Or, you know, we're gonna have wow. to move into. Yeah. You, know, you just you, you can't. A kid can get a loan for college if they need to. They can pay it True. off over their life. But when you when you're older, you don't have enough time to, nope. to, to do. I can't get a loan to send my, my child to school. I can't invest what I need to be investing in retirement to send my child to school. If you can do both, that's great. But don't make college first. Make your retirement first. Yeah. Um, and then set some, set some limits. Kids don't need everything that, that they want. Um, Keely has a a younger brother, Jace, who's now mm-hmm. 14. I started saving for Jace's college when he was seven. I was just putting $75 a week. And that's what I'm still doing. $150 every two weeks. Um, I wish I'd have started sooner. I don't know why I didn't. I was savvy enough to, I just didn't think about it. So, but starting, uh, starting when Jace was seven, um, he's now 14. His account is at 37,000. Um, wow. $75 a week. If I continue to do that, he'll have, by the time he finishes college or through his senior year, he'll have access to about 110000 Wow. So I get online and I, um, you, any of the colleges will have forecasts for how much you'll need at a certain age. So I, I went through a bunch of them. Uh, there's one site that you can go and you can put in all the different schools from all over the country. Well, um, I tried, Jace wants to go to ACU. He's always said, only because I went there because Mm -hmm. we've never set foot on ACU. I don't think not much, but that's where he wanted to go. So we're sitting down and and we're going through the scenarios when he's about 12. And, you know, I told Jace, here's about how much I'm going to have. That's not enough for you to go to ACU. Let's look at Angelo State. Keely liked that. I liked Angelo State. Look at that. You know, it came out to room and board and four years of tuition at Angelo State at the age that Jace is going to go to college was going to run about 108,000. I said, look, Jace, we're going to have about 110. So here are your choices because I'm not going to give you any more. That's good. And understand if the market goes down and he's market savvy, you know, he is, he owns stock. He he invests in the stock market himself. So (laughs) if the stock market goes down and it's not there, it's just not there because I'm going to be in my sixties and I am not going to go in debt for you to go to college. So your choices are go somewhere like ACU or Hardin Simmons, and you'll have about two to two and a half years of tuition and then you can get a loan for the rest or you can go to Angelo State get a very fine education and it'll pay for all of it you know whatever you want to do mm-hmm. he wants to go to Harvard um, he's not going to go to Harvard he uh, might well, with his grades he, he is he's really smart and he now, makes straight A's on your budget that you saved for him not you know happening what? Harvard what? is not that bad financially. Really, Harvard, it's hard. To, they they have this endowment. Anyway, okay. we're getting we're getting off. You know, <laughs> he is smart enough. Yeah, work ethic. It's yeah, <laughs> um, but he'll do great at Angelo State at that decide. So, anyway, set practical limits and set them early because you don't want a senior going. Well, I'm going to go to ACU and mom and dad are going to pay for it. You mm-hmm. want them to know. And and Jace's Jace's attitude was okay. How can I do it? Well, that's good. I could get an academic scholarship. Yep. And that would pay for. And so between what you put us up, so right. start that conversation. You know, where they're early. thinking too. How okay? So this that's not going to happen. Then if I really want to do this, how do I make that happen myself? Okay. Well, 
hit the books, hit the right. books. Let's get you some scholarships. And if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have daughters, what I did with you and Alex <laughs> is I, you know, I, I was saving up for your college. I had mm -hmm. a pretty good nest egg for your college, but I also knew, you know, this is the age of wedding movies. Oh, and Lord. so I used <clears throat> the logic to say, if you get married before you graduate, if you're old enough to get married, you're old enough to figure out your own way to pay for school. Amazing. And that accomplished two things. One, it made young girls think about how badly they might want to get married. And two, it allowed me to, because I was going to need a little time to save for a wedding after college. So it allowed me to, if you chose to get married your sophomore or junior year, it allowed me to use the rest of your college fund to pay for your wedding. For your wedding. So, and then you're on your own. Uh, yeah. You got to figure it out. Figure it out. So, um, so that worked. That worked That's pretty good. well. And it, it, good. it taught a good lesson. That was good. I like and it. And Keely, just for everybody's knowledge, did, I mean, she did, she did terrific. Well, she, she did. I, I bailed out college and dad's money that he saved went down the drain. And I remember calling him and having that real life conversation of, I'm so sorry, because when I started paying for college myself, that was like a brick to the gut. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much money I wasted. And it wasn't even my money. It really was well, real life. Well, and if you life. remember, Ugh. our deal was you got one bad grade. One I got one bad course, grade. And after that, you paid for the course yourself. Yes. Which you did your first or second semester. Yes. And then you did the semester after that. And you went, how much? How much was and, that again? And I don't think you, I don't think you did better. Yeah, I, I, I did better. I got better. So that's good. All right. So those were good tips. Is that all the tips you have for us for now? It is. It's okay. It's good. Those were good. I love that you said that about the college fund over retirement um, or the retirement over a college fund. That's a lot because a lot of people are thinking college, 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 my kid, my kid, my kid. A lot of times we revolve around our children and we forget about ourselves a lot. And so I thought that was a, wow, that was an amazing point. Um, but um, again, you guys, if you have questions and you want some advice, you can reach out to him. He said it himself. I'll give you his email and his phone number and you guys call him because he knows some stuff. He does know some stuff. So we did hit on retirement. Um, I know a lot of people think that a certain amount of retirement that is taken out of their paychecks are like, oh yeah, I'm contributing to retirement. Um, I just want to hit, because we've talked a lot about retirement. I think we've nailed most of it on the head, but I want you to share just some things that I think the younger generation, we don't understand what retirement means. For me, you know, I look at retirement before, you know, I even thought about retirement. Um, I, I used to look at it as, oh, well, if you look at your paycheck and you look at your pay stub and you see, oh, you know, your, your taxes, um, social security is taken out. Isn't there something like retirement? I worked at a college, so you know I was I had a good teacher retirement coming out, and so I want to kind you to kind of hit on. We did we hit on the the numbers a little bit, but is there anything else that you can tell us the younger generation? Like wake up, retirement it's important. Well, there's there's lots of articles out there that could probably state it more succinctly than I could, but um, you've got to know where you are. You have to have a plan to get there. Yeah. Um, the 4% rule says every out of every million dollars that you have for retirement, that will give you 40,000 a year to live on plus social security. If it's, if it's still around. If it's still um, around. Yeah, right. And huh. don't forget inflation. I mean, run a, mm -hmm. run an inflation calculator, you know, inflation at 2% a year over 30 years, you know, that's significant. So where you may be thinking, I mean, when I was young, a million dollars, man, you were set. Um, now, I mean, and it's all relative to lifestyle. Um, yeah. I've got one, I've got one welder that works for me, that his house is paid off. He lives on about four acres. Um, he can literally live quite nicely on social security alone. Wow. Um, he, he's never had a cell phone. Doesn't want one. <laughs> That's a bill, man. Yeah. His, he grew up bill. dirt poor. He said, I'm not going to be that way. He's paid for, he doesn't owe anything. Um, so, you know, it, uh, you can figure out what you might want for your lifestyle. And that's going to change over the years. But you, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a yeah. goal. You can't just leave it in the wind. 
and wait and until you, you're 60 or 50 and say, maybe we should think about retirement or go up, you know, retire and go to the bank and say, okay, where's my money? And they're like, what are you talking about? What money? What retirement money? And you, you, uh, I, every other year I have a welder to one of the employees that's going to come up and say, say, can you tell me how I can get to my retirement account? How can I take some money out? Hold on. Hold on. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, because the temptation is there. I mean, if, if you build it up to a few hundred thousand or, you know, or a hundred thousand, whatever, the temptation wow. is, I have a lot of money there. Yep. Uh, so I have to pay a 10% penalty. I can pull that money out and do whatever I want. And the last time um, he wanted to, the, the employee, he wanted to buy, um, buy some land. Well, my land is great. He said, it's an investment too. Sure, it's it's an investment, but, but is it going to double your is yeah. it going to double your money every eight years or so? Because if you take seventy five thousand out, you know, in eight years, is that land going to be worth one hundred fifty thousand? No, it's going to appreciate, but it, right. it's going to appreciate like the market. Wow! And so, yeah, you just have to have a goal and you have to stick to it, and no That's matter good. what, that is sacrosanct. You can't, I mean, you can't touch it. Put it there. Don't think about it. Right. Don't even think about it. That's okay. Next up. Okay. Name a few things. And we're, we're almost, I know this has been long, but I hope you guys are like, if you have stopped and been able to take some notes, um, this has been so good. Like this has been exactly what I wanted. I told my dad, he's like, how long do you think? And I'm like, well, you know, usually I do 20 to 30 minutes. But with you, I don't even care because this is valuable information that people need to know because a lot of people don't talk about money. People, it's the, the don't talk about it. It's not cool. You don't want it. So this is things that we need to be talking about. But I want you to name, just with your experience, name a few things you wished you would have done when you were starting to have a, when you were starting to have like a steady, realistic income. Um, what are some things that you wished you would have done? I mean, you talked about it today uh, that you have always kind of contributed to retirement. So what are, what are some things that you wished you would have done that you didn't do that maybe we can go, oh, trigger, we're going to do that? You know, you said you were going to ask that. And I thought about uh, less credit card debt because less we got credit in credit card, card mm -hmm. trouble. But I've already mentioned that. I, yeah. I don't have a lot of answers. I, I, don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of regrets. I, I have always, and I don't know why mom and dad didn't talk talk to me about it that I remember, but it's, if I hadn't, when I left U.S. Long Distance, if I had not started the company, I had a job offer with Merrill Lynch, and I just, I've always enjoyed finances, yeah. um, so I, I did retirement before that. I, yeah. um, I started the college fund when I was, when I was able, wow. um, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of. I like that though. I think that's important though is the credit card debt because it's rampant and it's just a normal thing. It's insidious. Now. It's just it's it's normal. You, I mean, if you, you don't have a credit card, people are like, "What? Why don't you have a credit card?" No, and, and you you charge one thing and you think it's just going to be this one thing, and well, now it's a balance, and I can just do one more, and and it's insidious. It, it's it's it, crazy. It's evil. It is evil. And I was going to tell you when you had these conversations with us, I was going to hint to everybody. We never, I mean, seriously, you guys, I never had a credit card. I'm not kidding you. I am not joking. This isn't a joke. This isn't a lie. I never had a credit card until I got married to Josiah. And it wasn't because Josiah made me. It was because we were for real, like struggling and we needed money fast. And so we got a credit card and it was detrimental to our finances and we are good now we have no credit card debt at all we have zero um with the help of nate tinkle not because he paid it but because he helped us answer some questions and helped us kind of maneuver through that credit card debt and we have zero credit card debt um talk to us a little bit about i'm going to plug my computer in because it's about to die this is the last question we're going to end on this because I really want people to hear this out. I want you to talk to us about tithing and maybe tell us a story where you show, you saw God show up um, as you were giving. And I have a story in mind. Um, it's not necessarily tithing, but it is more giving. You are the most giving person that I know with the finances that you have and all of the things that you own and 
you are the most giving person. You're married to the, one of the most giving people. Oh my goodness. goodness. And so, um, talk to us a little bit about the giving aspect of when God blesses you, what that, what your responsibility is at that point. And then also tithing, how tithing ties into that. I'm going to plug my computer in. You go ahead. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't talk into your back. No, you're good. You're good. Keep oh, talking. Okay. I'm, I'm not leaving. Uh, I'm right here. Th- it's, it's a very personal thing. And I'm going to talk to, I'm, I'm going to talk about it because my ladybug asked me to, <laughs> um, but I'm not, I'm not real comfortable talking about it because that takes the giving part out of it with the no, giving heart. And nope, that, no, it's not that. Okay. It, okay. It's, it, it's not. It's that we have been so incredibly blessed that to tithe is out of an abundance. And so, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, a tithe, a tithe literally means 10%. And in, in the New Testament, it's not mandated. 10%, but it's a great goal to start with. And, you know, you and I talked about this and I'll, I'll get to that in a, in a minute, but why is 10% not mandated in the new Testament? Is it because there was already a baseline and it didn't need to be talked about? Or is it because God knew that, that some people like in America were going or the developed, you know, con- uh, uh, countries, we're going to be so blessed that 10% would be a minimum or what I, I, you know, I, I tend to think nothing is spoken. I'm, I'm floundering a bit. Nothing is spoken about more in the new Testament than money. It's talked about more than absolutely everything. Matthew 6, 27, where your, where your heart is, where your treasure is, is where your heart is. If you want to know, where your relationship stands, you look to see what you're doing and how you're handling your money. It's a, a, it's, mm. We're given a few ways that we can gauge our relationship to our Savior, to Jesus Christ. Money is, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are tithing, you are giving. You, you have to be. It's, it's, and I know that's controversial because I know some people don't, but that it, it, it's very clear in in Matthew six and and many other places. If you have a relationship, your money shows you where that relationship is. Um, For me, because it's a goal and because it's, because the 10% was a goal and because it's not really mandated, but I desperately want to please my father. I desperately want Jesus and God to be, to, to look at me and go, he, not because I have to, I want to please him. So, when I have a windfall, or so, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example, and I don't know, Keely, if this is what you're you're looking for, but <laughs> so so we we give out of the first part. I mean, we every paycheck. There's so much that that, that goes aside, and we mm-hmm. use it for church. We use it for different different you know foster homes or or, or whatever right. we're, whatever we're supporting. Um, but there are times that. Um, you may remember, and I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, maybe not even your mother, but hi, I'm a, I'm a watch guy. I've always this been This is my watch. story, Dad. You know, I've this was my Apple story. Watch now. Uh, this is the I, story. I, I used to have some, some really good, you know, um, really high-end watches. And I, I had a, a Rolex stainless steel Daytona. It was like you couldn't get them. They were a stupid amount of money. And I you know, the, the dealer called and said, I've waited for one of my good customers to, to come and ask for one and they haven't. So I know you want one. So, um, and I, I would just stare at it and I would just, I mean, it, I, I would idolize it. And so it got to the point where I was convicted that this is not healthy. I, I don't need to do this. God, I know you're telling me I don't need to do this. So 
I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to sell the watch. You want what? Okay, I can, you're right. It wasn't, I'm gonna sell it and I'm going to give you the money. And, but, but, but wait, can I keep back enough to buy a lesser watch and give you the wow. rest? And, you know, it, it's these kinds of things. It's not really tithing. The tithing is the bare, that, that's what you do because, yeah. because we're told to do it. And not because he needs it. It, it develops something with, within us. But you, it's those things that, that you wrestle with you shouldn't wrestle with that you that that cause further growth because god doesn't need our money we know that he can do anything without us but that it it's it's that 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 brings out that you know that relationship relationship yeah and uh, so whether it's you know and and i can tell you you know my little my little roadster there in the (laughs) in the garage I, i bought a few years ago it's a 20 year old little cute roadster and it, it's not that much. It doesn't cost that much. Um, and I really felt like God was telling me, cause I really like that car. Your mom gives me a really hard time about that car. So <laughs> I really thought, you know, I like it too much. And I was praying and I felt like it was leading me to sell the car and, you know, do something with the, the money that would, you know, that would glorify him instead of me. And as soon as I accepted that, I felt immediately the release and him lead me that I didn't need to sell the car. He just needed, he just needed to know that I would. He wanted to do a heart check for a little bit. And I, you know, he, he leads me. Yeah. Uh, one of my prayers is that he guides my footsteps where he wants them. And, but, but you, you know, you don't want to be a Balaam. You don't want, you don't want God to give you an answer and you pray your way out of it and go, right. no, you really don't want, I mean, you don't, don't, don't be Balaam. That's what I tell yeah. myself. Just, just go. And, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'll argue for a year but I try not to because where he leads you yep. to begin with is probably what he's really telling you. The rest is you, is you arguing with it. So tithing, tithing is the minimum. I mean, tithing is what you do because we're told to do it because we, we desire to be close to him. And, and if you have a relationship with him, you're studying the word. This does not come. If, if you think you have a relationship with Christ and you are not tithing, you need to re-examine your life because yep. it, it, it's not ambiguous the mm-hmm. way that it, it, it phrases that, but it's the, the growth that occurs above that. When, yeah. when the, and still, uh, even when I do that, I mean, we're talking about, you know, selling a roadster, right? I have money in the, it's, it's not hard for me. Um, yeah. And it's a lot harder for other people. Yeah. And so I feel a little disingenuous because God has blessed me so much, but because of that, he, he challenges me at, at times and never do I grow more. Rarely do I grow more than when I'm being challenged with my finances. That's good. That's good. I think there's a reason for that too. And I think just where we, we live, I think, a lot of people are challenged with their finances, with the decisions that they're making, with um, the debt that they carry, with, you know, the tithing that they may not be doing the full 10% or they may not be doing it all or they may, you know, just not be. I think there's a lot to say in scripture about money. And I think a lot of people are in the situation that they're in because not everybody is being honest and real about money and there's so much in the bible to say about it and i love well, that when we say that. when we talk about when we talk about tithing and it's a reflection of your relationship it's it's not the amount of when i became convicted that okay 20 dollars in the plate every week is not really what you're <laughs> wanting me to do is it 
Um, so when I became convicted, I couldn't come close, couldn't remotely come close to 10%. Yeah. So I could do a little more than $20 a week. And so I increased it. And then when we got a raise, that raise went to tithing. And then when we paid off a credit card or debt, that, that amount, went. and I worked and it took me you years. You worked your way. That's amazing. <clears throat> it took me years That's to amazing. get to that point. But my relationship and, and what I was being asked to do, I feel like I was fully invested giving $30 a week as I was yep. working my way up. You You're working your way up. It's that you, you were, you were literally building your relationship <clears throat> with Christ with your money. You're literally sitting there with God and saying, I can't do this, but I can do this. It's like the woman at the church that she gave, she gave the penny. I mean, she, she didn't have, I mean, she literally, I can't give tip was that 10% of her income. I don't know. She's gave a penny or the talent or whatever. And the Lord said, the Lord was more than thankful because it's that relationship behind it. It's that what, I mean, that's just amazing. It's amazing. That you said that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I like everything that you said tonight. It was so good. I'm so glad that we got to talk about this. Um, I will say for everybody that is listening that my dad, when he says, you know, he is led, he is led. And, um, he, every day he shuts his door in his office, he's on his knees and he's praying. Um, and if you cannot let God into your work life and you can't let God into your finances and you can't pray to God for finances and pray to him, you know, help us figure it out or thank you for the blessing or, you know, here's my portion back and build that relationship just under finances. If you think God is just a God of your family and God of your wants and needs and you think God, it's not right. It's not right. And I have seen the blessings that have come out from my dad, just letting the Lord lead him in his business and in his finances. And that my friends has trickled over. And, you know, we talked about investing and that investment that he does every day is bringing God alongside him in his company and in his business and in his finances that has not only invested his life, but that is invested generation to come. That has invested me in my life. That is, that is now going to invest into Roman's life and Roman's kids and Jace and Jace's kids and Alex and Alex's kids and then on and then on. And so if you think, oh, what, what money, it's not a big deal. And oh, the Lord, you know, he's going to help us when, when we ask him and you just kind of play around with it. You need to know that it's a serious thing. And that it could literally change generation to generation to come. And it doesn't matter if you came from somebody who doesn't know how to do their finances. If your parents were, didn't know a thing about finances and they knew credit card, and that's what you know, you know credit card and you don't know anything about finances, that doesn't mean that you now have to carry that on to your kids and, and their kids and you have to live that life. You have your own life and the Lord it's going to bless you. You got to let them in and you got to have those real conversations. I hate them, but how many times dad have I called you and said, okay, we're in a pickle. We're in a pickle here and I need to figure it out. Um, the first job I ever had, the first paycheck I ever got, I spent it right away on clothes because I worked at retail. And I remember waking up the next day with all my clothes in my closet, waking up the next day, my roommate said, Hey, the rent's due. You know, where's your portion of the rent? And me going, Oh, I don't, I don't have that. And that was a real wake up call. And guess who the first person I called was my dad. And I, yeah, Hey, I need help. Help me figure this out. What are we doing? And he laid out some real life scenarios. When we were in credit card debt, the first person I called was my dad. Okay, dad, we're having some issues. You know, Joe worked for a whole year. I didn't, I stayed home for a whole year. So I'm going to say Joe worked and I stayed home for a full year to be with Roman. Um, we have student loans, we have school credit cards, we've got credit cards for girls, we've got credit cards all over the place, and I need help. And he laid out some real life scenarios. And so you've got to find someone, and I will share my dad with you if you want me to, but you've got to find people in your life that can be face to face with you and walk you through the ugly. And a lot of times, guys, money is ugly if we're not treating it the way that we need to treat it. And guys, this is generational. This is generational. And you can be the person in your family to say, nope, that's enough. 
we're going to do this a different way. We're going to allow God into this. And so I'm just, I'm so blessed, Dad, to be able to have you, um, to be able to look up to you uh, with all the things, but specifically finances. It's just, gosh, it's so amazing that I get to have you um, and amazing for my family on. And so. Well, I am, <clears throat> you and Josiah have done such a great job and I am so very <laughs> proud of you. You know, we talked about a relationship with the tithing when you became a sophomore, I believe, is when mm -hmm. you became involved in the church. You became yeah. not just going to church because your parents did. You became yeah. involved. And the mm -hmm. first thing you started doing was mm -hmm. giving. You were tithing in college as a single person. <laughs> you have tithed as a, as a, a, a married person. You and Josiah, you um, have handled your debt well. You, yeah. uh, you paid for your house. I, I have helped very little other than oh. advice and you have made me very proud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here. And thank you all for hanging out with us. We went long, but this is golden. This is really golden. And I hope you take this today. And even if you had to break it up into parts, I hope you took this in today. And again, my dad, he said it, he's here for you guys. Um, and he even laid out some great resources for you guys to start looking into. Um, if you need prayer for your finances, reach out to me. I'd love to, I'd love to pray for you guys for that. And dad, thanks for being on. I hope you guys have a great day. And um, we will hopefully see, or you'll hear us very soon. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you have a great day. If this podcast spoke to you, go ahead and like it. Go ahead and um, share it with all your friends. That's why we're here. We need to share the gospel. So share it with all your friends. Um, if you need me, I'm on Instagram. Hey, it's Keely. Um, I'm also on Facebook, uh, Keely Fernandez. Just search me there and I can pray with you. I can walk with you. Again, if you're a lady friend, go check us out on Facebook. Get in our group. We'd love to have you in our Facebook community. You guys have a great day and we'll see you soon.